Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for April 25th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the miracles of Jesus, and we've been going by miracle, by miracle, by miracle. And I pray that you have been growing in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ in this series. As we've been looking at all of these miracles, my desire, and I believe it's God's desire, is for you to build up your faith and to believe God on another level. To you, For you to believe in a God that can do all things. For you to believe in a God that, that wants to manifest the plans that he made for you from the foundations of the world. And so as we believe God, and as we take off every artificial limit we've ever placed on our limitless God, we free God to do what only he can do in our lives. Put it in the chat. I free God now. I, God, you are free. I want you to do what you plan to do in my life from the foundations of the world. I give myself over to you. I'm submitted unto you. My life is all about you. It's not about me. And so as I'm living my life for him, in him, with him, by him, it, it, it becomes the grace life. I'm living my life by the grace of God. So this is overall in the series, part 68, just in the piece where we've been talking about Lazarus, this is part 10. And the title of today's message is the power of worship. We're going to see today that Mary was a worshiper and there is power in worship. I'm going to talk about the power of worship today. Put it in the chat right now. I am a worshiper. I want you to get ready to receive the word. All right, so let's get into the word for this morning. I pray that you're ready to receive it. I know that I'm, I'm ready to release it. All right, so as I've been teaching on uh, these miracles and as we got to the story of Lazarus, I know that we're building up ourselves with this anticipation. Before we get into the actual miracle this morning, let's take a look at Psalms 126 and verse four. I'm gonna slow down as I shared with you this morning. I want you to really receive what this scripture, this is a scripture we've been meditating on all year. Now, Lord, because God, we worship you, Father. Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. I'm praying that in this season, no matter what you lost along the way in 2022 was difficult for many people going all the way back to the pandemic. It's like people lost something. They lost a spring in their step. They lost a praise in their lips. They lost something like an area of their heart went dry. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. Lord, do it again. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. We want whatever area of your life went dry in this season. God is going to not just, just give you a, a dibble or a dabble. God is going to drench you in his spirit. I'm talking about fresh wind, fresh fire, fresh anointing. All right, so let's get into the message. John chapter 11. Yesterday we saw how Jesus didn't get anywhere with Martha. Jesus was frustrated with Martha. He tried over and over again to get her to believe. She was like, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, the Lord, the Father will give you what? Oh, he was like, even now, okay. He says, your brother will rise again. And she said, well, yeah, I know he's gonna rise again in the last day, in the resurrection. So he said, no, 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 I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in, in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Believeth thou this? And she said, yeah, well, I believe that you're the son of God. He was like, what are you talking about? So anyway, he got so frustrated because he was just looking for a trigger, say a trigger. When God 
comes to us, he's looking for faith. Remember, God does everything by grace, and what he looks for from us is faith. So we provide the faith where God has provided the grace. And so our faith taps into God's grace. Jesus was looking for faith. Jesus was looking for a trigger. Jesus was looking for some type of faith from Martha, but he didn't get it. He got frustrated. He didn't find what he was looking for. So he moved on to the other sister. Okay. So when Mary got word that Jesus was ready to talk to her, Mary came out, but she had been mourning. She was still with the mourners. And so she, since she was mourning, as she came out to meet Jesus, the mourners came with her. And as they came, they actually met Jesus outside of the town. Jesus had not entered Bethany yet. He had an encounter with Martha outside of the town. And so when it was that was over, Mary is coming and they're still outside of the town. So when they go out, when he met Mary, the Bible says, this is God in the flesh, obviously. Mary knew who Jesus was, and he's still looking for that trigger. He's still looking for something from the sisters that will free him to go raise Lazarus from the dead. Martha did nothing but frustrate Jesus. She didn't get it. Let's see what Mary did. So Mary has her shot. Can you picture her now? Picture Mary. She's coming out. There's a few people following her. Those are her friends. They're mourning. They're all crying. Jesus is waiting outside of Bethany. As they come up, the Bible says that she ran up and fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. So she, she said the same 12 words that Mary said, that Martha said, the same 12 words. This tells me that they were talking. You know how it is. You know, if Jesus had been here, our brother would not have died. If Jesus had been here, our brother would not have died. So when Martha got her shot, that's what she said. When Mary got her shot, that's what she said. If Lord, if, I, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And that's all she said. Now, if you look throughout this entire story of raising Lazarus from the dead, these are the only 12 wor words that Mary spoke. Now, they're the same 12 words that her sister spoke, but somehow they were different. They're the same 12 words, but, but it wasn't the same. Why? Because when Martha said the 12 words, it caused Jesus to have a lengthy conversation with her and it led to nothing but frustration. But when Mary said the 12 words, it was different. Why was it different? It was the same words, but it was a different position. She was in a position of worship. So Martha was fussing. No, Mary didn't fuss. Her words were words of surrender. Her words were words of worship. She wasn't saying, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. No, she fell down. Ooh, glory to God. She fell down at Jesus' feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. It was just a different thing. And as she's sitting there at Jesus' feet crying, we're gonna, I'm going to deal with Jesus' reaction tomorrow, but as a preview, I'm going to just tell you that the shortest verse in the Bible is John 11 and 35, and it says, Jesus wept. Because she was crying and because she was worshiping, Jesus was moved with compassion to the point where Jesus started crying. Jesus started crying because she was crying. Jesus could not help but be moved by her worship. So what does this mean for you today? Listen, now, as I get into this teaching, I really need you to pay attention. This is, this is a, a, a vital message for us today. I have four things to share with you. As we get into these, I want you to open up your heart to receive. Number one, work and worship are both required in the life of the believer. 
Work and worship are both required in the life of the believer. Put it in the chat. Say, I, I work and I worship. I, I want you to know that as a believer, you have to work. And as a believer, you have to worship. And so, so you are to provide God both. But let me explain. Martha was a worker. Mary was a worshiper. And God requires both from us. He's looking for works. He's looking for worship. So one day, let me let me give you some context for Mary and Martha. Maybe you don't know this. So one day, while Jesus was in Bethany, Martha actually invited Jesus into their home. And when Jesus came in with his team, Jesus was always rolling 12 deep. So there's 13 of them. And as 13 grown men came into the home, Martha started working. She started, you know how it is, like she started working. She started getting everything ready, getting them something to eat, getting them organized, getting whatever you need, you know, basically taking care of her guests. Now, while this was going on, Jesus started teaching. Uh-oh. Jesus, now Jesus, the son of God, who came as the son of men, uh, a man, so that the sons of men could become the sons of God. He started transmitting. He And, and so, so he started teaching. And when he started teaching, Mary, her sister, came... And she fell at Jesus's feet because he was transmitting. She was receiving because he was the son of God and he was there in their home. Mary was worshiping. Mary was at Jesus's feet. While all of this was going on, Martha was out there in the kitchen getting stuff ready. And so Mary was worshiping while Martha was working. And Martha was so frustrated with her sister that Martha was bold enough, y'all. I mean, like, holy moly. She was bold enough to come into the living room interrupt Jesus while he was teaching and say to Jesus, Jesus, hold on for a minute. Can you tell my sister to get her lazy butt off of the floor and come into the kitchen so she can help me with all the stuff that I need to do? <laughs> can you imagine that? I mean, so so she's a worker and this, her sister's a worshiper and she's upset and she interrupts Jesus while he's teaching and she says, Jesus, I need you to tell my lazy sister to get her butt off the floor and come help me in the kitchen. And Jesus looked at Martha and said, Martha, Martha, you are troubled by many things. I'm telling you, listen, if you're a worker and you don't and you don't take time to worship, if you just work, 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 even for the things of God and you don't allow God to minister to you, then you will be troubled by many things. You could be in church every Sunday, in church every Wednesday night and troubled by many things. You could be driving back and forth to the church, doing a gazillion church meetings and be nasty. You could be doing all of these church meetings and be frustrated. You could be doing all of these church meetings and be short with people. Why? Because you're doing work, but you have no worship. If you spend all your time working for God, when you, especially when you should be worshiping God and receiving from him, then you will, not only will you miss out on what God is saying, like Martha was missing out on what Jesus was saying, but you will get frustrated in the process. You were not designed to work, 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 and not worship. You, you, you need work and you need worship. You need both. Say, I will provide God both. Put in the chat. Say, I am a worker, but I'm also a worshiper. Number two, you must discern when to work and when to worship. There's a time for work. There's a time. Listen, we need to get stuff done. We can't just worship all day. I mean, we got to get stuff done, but we can't just work all day either, right? We, there's a proper timing for both, for work and for worship. When Jesus is speaking, you should be listening. You should be in receive mode, not working. When Jesus is moving, you need to be in a position to receive what God is saying. Never get so busy doing something for God that you fail to receive from God. You got it? Let me repeat that. Never get so busy doing things for God 
that you fail to receive from God. And so this past Sunday, this just a couple of days ago, I was preaching and I preached a message where I addressed something that the prophet Elijah did in the Old Testament, in the Old Covenant. The prophet Elijah was a mighty man of valor. The prophet Elijah was a mighty man of God. He, he, I mean, he, infronted, he confronted the king of Israel, right? He had the boldness and the courage and the confidence to confront the king of Israel and his wife Jezebel. And he, he spoke judgment over Israel. He said, it's not going to rain till I say it rains. And it did not rain for 42 months. For three and a half years, it didn't rain. Why? Because the man of God said so. And then the Lord sent the man of God back to bring back the rain. And he confronted the prophets of Baal. And he had a showdown on Mount Carmel. And it was one against 450. It was one, Elijah, against the 450 prophets of Baal. And it wasn't even a fair fight because God was on his side. You know what I'm saying? And so they won. The 450 prophets of Baal were destroyed. God sent the rain. He prayed eight times and the rain came back. And after all of this, this man of God, Jezebel said, I want him dead. After all of this, this man of God had, that had courage and confidence, that, that spoke, and, and it didn't rain for three and a half years, that commanded the fire to come, come down from heaven, that had 450 prophets of Baal killed, this man of God that had that type of confidence, that type of courage, that type of everything, this man of God got so tired and frustrated that when Jezebel wanted to kill him, he ran away, he, he, he went to God, and he, was, he just wanted to die. He said, Lord, he prayed, the Bible said that he prayed prayed for God to take his life. Why? Because he failed to worship. He prayed for God to take his life. Listen, it's dangerous to work and work and work and pour out and pour out and pour out and pour out to others and not allow God to fill you back up, especially those of us that are in ministry. Listen, I love to help others. I get up in the morning and I'm thinking about today's word. I'm thinking about you. The very first thing that I think about when I wake up is you. And I'm thinking, Lord, what do you want to say to your people today? I'm pouring out. I'm pouring out. I'm pouring out. I'm pouring out. But it would be dangerous of me to pour out and not slow down long enough to allow God to build me back up. Listen, you can't just pour and pour and pour and pour and not allow God to pour into you. Like you, you it is dangerous to give out and give out and give out and not get filled back up again. That's what happened to Elijah. Elijah was doing all of this ministry. Listen, he was doing things. This is why pastors commit suicide. This is why you got in 2023, pastors walking away from churches, walking away from ministries, giving up on their calling. Why? Because they are working their butts off, but they're not being filled back up again. They are pouring out into others, but they're not allowing anybody to pour into them. Listen, you can work so hard for the church that you lose your mental health. You could work so hard for God that you lose your mental health. And that is not the will of God. A, a, a life of constant work and work and work without a proper diet of worship will create somebody who loses their joy and peace. Remember, I talked about joy, Romans 15 and 13, joy and peace in believing. You got to have the excitement that comes from joy, the serenity that comes from peace, right? The expectation that comes from joy, the stability that comes from peace. You got to have joy and peace in believing. But if you just work, 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 even when you're doing things for God, Elijah did nothing but work for God. But since he didn't allow himself to be filled back up again, he wanted to die. He prayed for God to take his life. A life of constant work without a proper diet of worship is going to create somebody that's frustrated. It's going to create somebody. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but I'm talking to a lot of y'all. Uh, it's going to create somebody, me too, that's in church and upset that's in church and doesn't like people. For, for the, listen, we're in the people business. You can be doing so much stuff for God in church, and if you don't allow the Lord to minister to you, you could be in church with the wrong attitude. 
You, you could be doing all of this. She, Martha was so accustomed to working that she failed to properly worship. So much so that when Jesus showed up and he was ready to raise Lazarus from the dead, she missed it. He attempted several times to get her to believe she could not discern what he was saying. Why? Because she was a worker and not a worshiper and because she worked, 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 and she didn't open up her heart to receive the worship that, the, that was required so that her heart could be malleable and open to the Holy Spirit. Jesus was standing right in front of her and she missed it. Don't be, you got to be careful. Not to be so busy working that you miss God when God is moving. I know that I'm preaching better than you saying amen. But right now, I can't even see the chat. But put in the chat what, what you're getting out of this. This is, this is a critical message, y'all. This is a key message. you got to get this message. Number three, worship puts you in, a, in the proper position to interact with God. Mary said the same words that Martha did. Twelve words. But while those same twelve words frustrated Jesus when it came from Martha, it moved Jesus when it came from Mary. Why? Because they were the same words, but they were a different posture, a different position. In John 4 and 24, Jesus said, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Put in the chat, I will worship God in spirit and in truth. God is looking for you to worship him with your whole heart. That's what Mary did. Mary fell at Jesus's feet. She released every all of the pain, the emotion, the stress, the struggle, four years I mean, four days of, of crying, all of that, she, she released it all at Jesus's feet. And when she did, how did Jesus respond? Jesus wept. Her worship touched Jesus. My question is, will your worship touch Jesus? Are you a worshiper? Number four, as I close, and I'm going to obviously continue to flow in the same vein tomorrow, but your worship will touch God in ways that your work never will. I want you to know that your worship will touch God in ways that your work never will. It's so easy to get caught up in the work of the church that we fail to do the work of the church. That went over somebody's head, let me repeat it. It's so easy to get caught up in the work of the church that we fail to do the work of the church. I know people, I know people right now that are so busy, they say, oh, I'm running hard for Jesus. I got it. But what they really mean is that they, if you look at their calendar, they have a bunch of church stuff going on, a bunch of church meetings going on, and their calendar is packed with church-related activities. Now, listen, I'm not, listen, as a pastor, I know, I'm, I'm not saying don't work. I mean, I want you to work, right? And, and most of our churches run off of a foundation of volunteers and volunteer activities. So I'm not saying we don't want people working. Of course we want people working. But what we don't want is people working who are burned out. What we don't want is people who are working for God that don't know God. What we don't want is people working for God that don't have an intimate relationship with him. So be careful not to be so busy doing things for God that you fail to experience God himself. Martha was busy working all the time. So even when she was in the proximity of Jesus, she missed it. She, her work had developed a callousness around her heart that when Jesus was trying to speak to her, he could not penetrate into her soul. I'm talking about this is Jesus in the flesh and his words could not penetrate into her soul. And it wasn't because she was doing bad stuff. She was just working all the time. So her sister said the same 12 words that she did, but it was almost like her words didn't matter because she said them from a different position. It wasn't that her words moved Jesus because they were the same 12 words. 
who worship move Jesus. Remember, let me say it this way. God is not your boss. God is not sitting down wanting to do annual reviews with you saying, oh, you didn't do this, you didn't do this, right? God is not your boss. God is not asking for you to, to lay down a litany of all of the things that you're doing for him, right? God, God will work through you if you surrender to him. But remember, God is not your boss. He's your God. He's not looking for just work. He's looking for worship. Put that in the chat. Say, God is not my boss. He's my God. And so what God is looking for from you is more than just the work of your hands. God is looking for the praise from your lips. God is looking for the worship from your heart. Listen, your worship will touch God in ways that your work never will. So you are not working for some taskmaster. You are worshiping the God in heaven. And so Mary worshiped God. And when she was crying, Jesus cried, Jesus wept. Will your worship touch God today. I want you to open up your heart to be a worshiper. I want you to open up your heart to remember that although I have a lot of things that I need to do in the name of God, I will never stop worshiping God himself. God, you are my God. You are my King. You are my Lord. I worship you. I don't worship any other. I acknowledge no other deity. I call upon no other name. I bow down before you, God, on a daily basis. You are my God and you are my... Listen, you got to worship him. You got to bow down before him. Allow him to fill you up. You minister to God and allow him to minister to you so he can build you back up so that when you go do work in the name of God, you do it with a smile on your face. You do it with the love of God in your heart. You do it where you're able to discern the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. You're, you're doing it where you are able to flow with the Holy Ghost in all things at all times, where, where you're not callous, you're not hard, you're not difficult, you're not frustrated. Why? Because you have an intimate relationship with the Father and the Father speaks to you and you love him. And so when you go talk to other people, you're good. Why? Because you've already talked to your God. When you pour out into other people, you're good. Why? Because God is already poured into you. Your worship will touch God in ways that your, that your work never will. Say amen to that. I have more to say about this and we're going to deal with it again tomorrow. My God, this was good, y'all. This is a message you might need to listen to again. So I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. This year, I learned how to work and how to worship. I learned to discern when to do each and to do them both well. You are looking for true worshipers. I am one. I worship you with a pure heart. I worship you at all times. I come to you as my king, my ruler, my daddy, and my God. I acknowledge no other gods. I call upon no other names. You alone are the Lord of my life. You alone sit on the throne and I will worship you all the days of my life. My worship empowers me to release pain, frustration, and the cares of this world. As I worship you, Father, I am made free. And as you receive the worship, you move in my life. Living this way, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. So please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, please go to todaysword.org. Click on the big red. You get my notes for free. Big red subscribe button. Put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes for free. 
and so that you can walk out your divine destiny. Listen, you got to work and you got to worship. You can't just work, work, work all the time without worship. And when you worship, it puts you in a position to hear from God and to flow with the divine impulses of the Holy Spirit. Put in the chat, I needed this today. Put in the chat, I'm ready to worship. Put in the chat, my worship is going to another level. I love you. God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing day. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. And then number two, I need you to share this message right now. I need you to share it right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Have an amazing day. I'll see you tomorrow morning. And I'm going to continue to flow in this vein. Work and worship are both required. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program, and Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity, and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, we have several books and products on rickpina.co. These are products designed to help you grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have apparel there that will help you represent the grace life. Thank you so much for being a blessing to us. And we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you. 